Pastor, thank you for the opportunity to preach uh, here this morning, and definitely a privilege uh, for that. And if I could say this, um, especially to young, the young, <laughs> young, I'm young too, but to the young people here, um, younger than me or same age, um, Pastor, I, I appreciate your 30, almost 33 years now of uh, pastoring this church and the, the life that you've given to the ministry. Everything that you face, um, but growing up in your background, I have I've, I've had a glimpse of a little bit here and there, not not anything. And I want to say I appreciate your standing. Um, it, to, church, listen to to find a man of God that stays one in one place for more than a decade is rare. But to also find a man of God that's not only stayed in one place but has not changed standards, has stayed faithful. Um, in the pressures of this world, it's very easy for a man of God to say, well, it's just the times that we live in. Let's, let's just change. I, I remember uh, little things, little things. I, I remember when, uh, <laughs> again, little things, things that we don't think much about. I remember when it was almost uh, almost a sin. I, that's the way we treated it. Whether it was right or not, it's just the way we treated it. It was almost a sin against God to wear anything but a white shirt in church, white dress shirt. He hasn't changed. Everybody else has changed, but he hasn't changed. He stayed with it. He, you, everybody here knows that a pastor does not go to places that sell alcohol. Over the decades of time, he could have changed that, easily could have changed that. And at times, no doubt, it's been a pressure to, but I'm glad he hasn't changed. If anything, it showed his consistency and his love for our, our Savior, love for our God. He hasn't changed. Uh, when, when it used to be that no one had facial hair in church, now it's acceptable. Even preachers used to get up and preach against it, but now it's acceptable. We've changed, but he hasn't changed. And I, I appreciate that, and I love that about our pastor. And uh, it is one thing that drew me, drew my wife and I and our, 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 to, to this place when we were praying about God's will for our life was the pastor that was here. We literally looked at him and what we knew about him at that time and listening to people talk, and it, it was a, we can raise a family here and know that our family's going to be raised right. They're going to hear the truth. Uh, they're going to be raised in a, 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 good, a good place, a safe place in, in fundamentalism. And, uh, and I appreciate that, Pastor, about in the years and decades uh, of time that have been sp spent, spent doing that. I, this last week, uh, talking to my grandfather in Florida this, this next Sunday, this is 50th year anniversary being in the ministry and 37 years pastoring the same church, been pastoring for 49 and a half years total. And I was talking with him and just thinking about how much I appreciate that as a young preacher. To have men like that around, they haven't given up, they've stayed the same, they're, they're still going. And have proven to me as a, young, as a young man, if you will, that if they can do it, I can do it. If they, if they can keep going, then we can keep going. And every young man in here, you ought to think about that constantly. Those are men that you ought to look to and say, if they can still do it and they can stay and do what's right, then I can do what's right also. I can, I can live and not change. And we ought, we ought to think that way. And I appreciate that, Pastor, about, about you. And, and my wife and I dearly love, love the Anchor Baptist Church. First John chapter number 1. We read a scripture here. In First John chapter number 1 and verse number 7. 
verse, let's read verse number six. Let's read this again. I want you to follow along. If we say that we have fellowship with him, walk in darkness. By the way, him. Fellowship with him. Walk in darkness. Look at this. We lie and do not the truth. See, we, we think in society, we think, well, I just don't act like, you know, those really staunch and real Christians, but I am a Christian. God says, you say you walk in truth, and you, you don't. You're a liar. And you do not the truth. Again, there's a difference between saved people and Christians. I thought he was reading my notes earlier when he was talking. <laughs> there's a difference between saved people and Christians. Saved people, that's all, that's all you are. And by the way, praise the Lord, you are. I'm glad you are. I'd rather you be saved than not saved at all and die and go to hell. I'd rather you be saved. But, but hey, listen, 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 I need your help. Hey, somebody help me if you keep screwing up. But as a saved person, that's, that's what you are. But as a Christian, as a Christian, that means I have stepped out of darkness and into his light. And I continue to walk therein. I'm no longer walk. When you say I'm, I'm a believer, I walk in the light, but I actually walk in darkness. Now, here, here's, where we, here's where the balance. Ready? Well, I walk in the light when I'm at church. <laughs> but when I'm at home, I do a lot of good things, but I still have the other things. I still have things I kind of, I'm held up on. Well, you're still walking in darkness. There's areas of your life that you're walking in darkness. The Bible says that you're, you're, you're a liar. Do not the truth. I'm just what God says. Verse number seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I love that word fellowship. I love that about church, fellowship. I love fellowship with other Christians. I love fellowship with people that have the same mindset and believe the same book and believe the same God, believe the same standards. I love having fellowship. You know why? Because we don't have to worry about anything else around when we're all Christians together having fellowship together. We don't have to worry about the darkness coming in when it's light altogether. I want you to look over at Galatians chapter number 5. Now, we're gonna, I, I, I'm not going to apologize, but I apologize for all the scripture. We're going to read a lot of scripture this morning. Now, for some of you, that is, this will be your chapter for the day. It's about 20-something verses. So you get your chapter in for today. doesn't count for your Bible reading schedule, but you get your Bible reading in, all right? Galatians chapter number 5, in verse number 1, we'll start there and jump to a couple of the verses. Galatians chapter 5, in verse number 1, the Bible says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty... Wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled, entangled, tied up. Look what it says. Again with the yoke of bondage. Look what it says there. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ made you free. The day you got saved, listen to me, the day you accepted Christ as your Savior, you were in bondage to sin. You, 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 that's, all, that's the only nature you had, is sin. No spirit, no Holy Spirit. No, no God inside of you, just sin, just as human flesh. The day you get saved, you're made free. You're given liberty in that. The Bible, the Bible says, like how he says there, uh, he says, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Going back to where the things we came out of, I think of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and all the suffering. The Bible says that God heard the cries of his people. 
in Egypt in the bondage they were in. And it was only a little while after God gets them out. They say, well, we'd just be better back in Egypt. You know, at least we have this and this. We ought to just go back to the world. A lot of Christians, we get saved, and it's not that much farther down the road that we decide, you know what? Uh, I don't really see anything that that was really that bad that I was doing. I wasn't hurting anybody. Uh, I wasn't doing anything that bad as we look at, at, at sin, if you will, in this world. And I just, I feel like I just need to go back. Alcoholics deal with this all the time. They try to get off it, then they go back. And they try to get off it, and they go back. And they try to get off it, and they go back. Drug addicts do the same thing. People dealing with smoking do the same thing. We get out of it, then we go back. Then we get out of it, then we go back. And what we find ourselves doing is that God has given us the liberty to say no. God has given us the free will. God's given us the Holy Ghost on the inside to help us, a comforter to help us and guide us. But we, again, are entangled with things of this world. Look at verse number 16, Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Look what it says there, the word, walk in the Spirit. Ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. One to the other, they fight against each other constantly. They're constantly butting heads. They're not the same. They're constantly butting heads. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, I like what it says here, and a lot of people don't understand this, you're not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now understand this, church, I'm, I'm trying to explain some things here to build the foundation of what we're going to talk about this morning. If I walk in the Spirit and do what's right, I'm just going to use this in plain, if you will, plain words to help you understand it. Then I'm not under the law when I walk in the Spirit. You say, Brother, Brother what does that mean? What do you mean you, the law does, has nothing to say against you? You mean you don't have to obey the law? No, I have to obey the law. But when I walk in the Spirit, listen to me, when I walk in the Spirit and I do what's right, I don't have to worry about the law. You know why? I'm living above it. That, that doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else. But I'm living in such a way that I don't even come close to breaking the law. So in that, I'm not under the law. I don't have to look around every time I'm going somewhere wondering if the law is after me. Did I mess up? Did I break the law in some way? Did I accidentally slip into it? No, because I live in such a way in the Christian life that I'm living above what the law says. So in that, I'm not under the law. I don't have to worry about it. It doesn't stress me out. It doesn't, it doesn't worry me in any way. Look what it says. Keep reading. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Oh, they put hatred in there. Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. I want you to understand something. In, in this life that you live, after the day you get saved, you're either going to walk in the Spirit or you're going to walk in the flesh. You're either going to walk in, in, in the light or you're going to walk in darkness. Saved, but walking in darkness. There's a lot of saved people 
that walk in darkness every day. There's a lot of saved people that walk after the flesh every day. Yes, they got their insurance for heaven, but they don't live like what God has done on the inside. They don't walk in such a way that people go, that's got to be a Christian. You understand in the Bible, in, in the book of Acts, when they were called, the Bible said they were called Christians first at Antioch. You understand something? It was the way they acted and the way they carried themselves that they said, you know what, those got to be Christians. You know what they were saying? That those Christ followers. You know that Christ guy that we knew that was just here, that went away? They're acting just, they must be Christians. They must be like Christ. They're acting like Christ. So again, the difference between a saved person and a Christian is very different. Very different. Very different. We look at we look at a person out in the world. I, I, I get aggravated. I get listen. I get aggravated when someone on TV or some uh, a, a basketball star, or some football star, says, "Well, I'm a Christian." You might be saved, but you're not acting like a Christian. Amen. Hello. You might be saved. I don't doubt maybe your salvation that you're going to heaven when you die. But don't say you're a Christian when you live like the world. And don't say you're a Christian when you walk in darkness every single day. And don't say you're a Christian when you live after and chase after the flesh and other gods in this world. Don't say you're a Christian. There's a difference. So let me ask you this. Attending the church this morning. Are you a Christian or are you saved? Are you a Christian or are you just saved? Do you walk in the light? Do you walk in darkness? <laughs> 24-7. Not just on the weekends. 24-7. And not just on the days I go to church and, you know, you know, it, you know it's, it's getting close to Sunday, so I better start doing right for the next couple days to be ready for Sunday. No. It's every day. It's everywhere. I act like Christian. I walk in the light. I do what's right. Now let's get into the sermon. That was just an introduction. Two questions came to me here a while back. I'm going to read these two questions to you. The first question was this. How do I know when I'm... Great question. Great question. How do I know when I'm substituting a godly figure in my life as my walk with God? Great question. Great question. How do I know... Listen, listen to this. How do I know... When I'm substituting my godly, uh, a godly figure, a person of leadership, a person that you uh, desire to be like, a person that you follow after, a person that you admire, how do I know when I am substituting a godly figure, that person, in my life as my walk with God? Basically saying this. I follow them. Okay, I come into church, I listen to preaching, and I take that as my walk with God. Basically, you have to hear preaching to stay spiritual at all. Because without preaching, I don't know what to do. Again, let's go back to COVID. How was your walk with God once church shut down for that little while? Did you have a walk with God? Was the ministry in church, was that all your walk with God? That was it. There was nothing else. And as soon as we shut that down, it was like, oh, what do I do? And spiritually, we start dying. And we did. We did. Let's be honest. We did. We spiritually started hurting. 
started dying spiritually. Next question. When reading your Bible, is there a difference between understanding Scripture and when God actually talks to you through Scripture? Two great questions. Oh, these questions came from some of our teenagers. And you think that they don't really think about things. <laughs> great questions. I want to talk to you about this. Your walk with God or your walk with this world. Your walk with God or your walk with this world. The word walk means transition from one place to another. Not, not settle, not stagnant. Moving from one place to another. The word walk in the Bible is used to signify your conduct, your behavior, the manner of living that you live, your walk. In Deuteronomy chapter number 8 and verse number 19, the Bible says, excuse me, he warned them not to walk after other gods. He warned them not to walk after other gods. Move towards. Find themselves in the place of. Desire after. The Bible actually uses the word, they went a whoring after other gods. They lusted after other gods, a whoring after other gods. They, 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 they were fed up with the God that they knew. They needed something else. They committed adultery against an almighty God. They went after something else that they did not need, something else they should not have been desiring. 2 Kings chapter 21, verse number 21, 22, King, uh, King Ammon walked in the way that his fathers uh, walked and served idols. So understand the word walk here in the Bible. He walked in the way that his fathers walked and served idols. In Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 1, we know the verse very well. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, your walk in your Christian life is everything. Again, understand this. There's salvation, and then after the day you get saved, begins your walk. Begins your walk. I think of a baby. One of the biggest things that a young child faces, one of the biggest battles... A young child uh, faces Miss Annie. Can I get you to move up here with them? Hey, guys, if you're going to play around, you're going to go out. Just sit right between them. Thank you. One of the biggest challenges a young infant faces, one of the biggest battles they face first off is, is their walk. They have to learn to walk. And they fall, and they get back up, and they fall, and they get back up, and they're wobbly, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to walk, and they're grabbing onto everything, and they pretty much stumble forward before they actually take a step. And, 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 and it's, it's a great, listen, it's a great time in life, but they must learn to walk. They have to learn to walk. Listen to me, they have to learn to walk. It's one of the biggest battles they face. They can't do anything, listen to this, they can't do anything else in life until they pass that phase. They can't do anything for themselves. They, they, they can't survive on their own. They can't make it down the road. Uh, they, 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 can't, they can't do something special. They can't uh, make, if you will, uh, make a living until they learn how to walk. And in the Christian life, it's the same thing. After the day you get saved, then begins your walk. It's that, it's, that, it's that stage in life where now it's, now it's I got to learn to walk. I got to keep moving. I can't be stagnant. I can't just be in one place. I've got to learn to walk. God's word tells many things about our walk in, in different ways. It talks about walking in the spirit, but then talks about walking after the flesh. 
talks about walking in the light, and it talks about walking in darkness. It talks about walking after the ungodly. The counsel of the ungodly talks about walking after the godly. I think of our Sunday school lesson this morning about Elijah and Elisha and how Elisha followed after Elijah. He walked after. He followed after. He wanted to get going in the same direction that the man of God was going. He walked out. He had the right walk, the right direction. But in our day, listen to me, in our day and age, we feel like, oh, we just want to sit and listen, but we don't want to walk. We want to sit and soak, but we don't want to walk. Listen, Christian, somebody else's walk is not going to help you. You've got to walk yourself. We have a lot of infant Christians that have been infants for, for years and sometimes decades that never learned to walk in the Christian life. Can, can I say, listen to me, your walk in the Christian life is not just your Bible reading. I know a lot of good Christians, and, and I love them dearly, I know a lot of good Christians that have a great Bible reading time with God. But outside of that, they don't do nothing, church. Nothing. They'll read their Bible every day, but to them it's just a passage of reading. They don't apply anything. They don't change anything. They don't add anything. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't grow spiritually. They just read their Bible. And I know a lot of Christians that will pray every day but won't read their Bible and won't, won't, won't do things for God. It's the same thing. Listen, your walk for God is a constant, listen, listen to this, your walk for God every day is a constant moving forward. That's a walk. If you did not know that, we learn really smart things here at church. Here's what we want to do in the Christian life. If we want to say, we get saved and we just want to stand. Or we don't want to walk. We don't want to change. We don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to succeed in anything. God says, I got this for you, and I got this for you, and I got this for you, and I got this for you, but you got to walk. You got to get to it. <laughs> you got to make it there. It's taking a little baby and laying it down on the ground when it's first born and putting food way over here and just saying, I guess you just got to figure it out. Uh, eventually, that baby's got to learn to walk so it can get to what it needs. This is what I just said. Baby's got to learn to walk so it can get to what it needs. And Christian, listen to me, sometimes in our Christian life, we get, we get so stagnant in our Christian life, and we don't walk with God, we don't, we don't, we don't do things for God, we're not, we're not walking as a Christian, we're not walking in the light, we're not walking in the Spirit, and we just stand, and we're starving spiritually. Amen. All God says is if you just do the simplest thing, it's one of the hardest things, but it's the simplest thing you can do in life is just walk. I was thinking about our teenagers that just graduated high school. <laughs> oh boy, life is just now beginning. Now you're no longer a teenager or a young person that everything is done for you. Now you have to figure it out on your own. <laughs> life is just beginning. Listen to me, Christian. Same thing in your Christian life. There comes to a point where you got to start walking on your own. You, you can't depend, listen to me, you can't depend on the preaching of God's word to keep you spiritually going because I never spend time with God any other time. Amen. I, I know we joke around, but you can't depend on the reading of God's word in church to be the only reading you do every week. The only Bible, you, the only time you open the Bible is on Sunday morning when it's time for church. It's the only time I open the Bible. 
No, it can't be that way. You're never going to go anywhere. You're never going to start your walk. What is a walk? What is a walk? What is, excuse me, what walking with, what does walking with God mean? What does walking with God mean? Number one, walking involves starting. <laughs> oh, so simple. Walk, walk, thank you. Walking involves starting. One must begin his walk. This is the start at, this started at the new birth. By the way, by the way, by the way, person, listen. If you have not been saved, you can't start a walk with God. Amen. If you have not been saved, you, there's, there's never been a time where you've trusted Christ into your heart as your personal Savior. In Him only for, if you are not saved and on your way to heaven, there is no walk, there is no beginning without a new birth. Amen. I'm sorry, I don't know if you know this, but babies don't start walking inside the womb. They do a lot of kicking, but they don't start, start walking inside the womb. They have to be born first. Listen to me, spiritually, you have to be a child of God first before you can start your walk. It begins, listen to me, it begins, it begins at birth. You start the walk, you start the walk when you're, you are converted and saved. Walking is a daily, number two, walking is a daily a uh, 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 minor task. <laughs> now that we know how to walk physically, it's one of the simplest things we do all day. Now, some of us struggle with it more than others, but it's one of the simplest things we do all day. Walk. One foot in front of the other. Just one foot in front of the other. And sometimes it's, if I can just keep doing that, I'm good. <laughs> if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'm good. You go, go on a long walk, and I've been on a long walk. Sometimes I'll take a walk from our house down Turkey Hill and back. It's about two miles. And there's been times where I'm not, <laughs> I'm walking up, there's an incline portion, right? Those are always the fun ones, <laughs> the incline. And sometimes in the middle of an incline, in my mind, I'm going, I just want to stop, take a break. But then the other part of my mind says, just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you'll get there. Just one foot in front of the other and you'll make it. Don't stop, just one foot in front of the other. Listen to me, it might be one of the hardest things to do as a child, but once you learn how to walk, it's one of the easiest things you'll do the rest of your life. And every adult in here knows there's a lot harder things you face every day than just walking. <laughs> if all we had to do is walk, life would be so much more simple. And in your Christian life, listen, Christian life, one of the easiest things you'll do in the Christian life is, is to walk. Listen to me, of course the Christian needs mountaintops. But the main thing is to walk with God. I know we love, listen to me, I know we love the big days, and I know we love the mountaintop experience, and I know we love the shouting and the hollering and the rejoicing, but the, listen to me, the thing you need most, the main thing, is just to consistently walk. We'll go to camp here. Right out of month, we'll be going to camp. Our teenagers love going to camp, and I love going to camp. But camp is just that. It's one week. It's not reality. I look forward to it. It's fun. The preaching's hard. Young people make decisions. God does their work. Listen to me, but camp's not reality. This is reality. That's the mountaintop. This is the valley. 
And we all love the mountaintops, listen to me. But when you're not on the mountaintop, you have to keep the main thing. Your walk is very important. We've all had people in our past in, in church that when Faith Harbor Week comes, when this comes, when that comes, they all show up, right? Shouting and hollering, "Woo! God is good. But the next week, they're not there. They love the mountaintops, but man, the valley, <laughs> you know, it's just a normal Sunday. It's not careful. That's what your walk is like. You love the great, the great days and you love the great times. But when it comes to your normal everyday walk with God in the Christian life, it's like, eh, you know, I could do without that today. Your walk is very important. No college professor used to say this. It is not how high you jump, but how straight you walk when you hit the ground. not how high you jump, but how straight you walk when you hit the ground. In other words, the spirituality of a person should be determined, listen to this, by his lowest point, not by his highest point. Spirituality of a person should not be determined by his, should be determined by his lowest point not by his highest point. Your walk with God is really measured and tested. Your spirituality is really tested, listen to me, at the lowest point in your life, not at the highest point in your life. Not the good days, but the bad days. That's when your spirituality is tested. That is when your walk shows through if you walk or not. You, uh, uh, an athlete, does not wake up one day and says, you know what, I think I'm going to run a 20-mile marathon. Right out of the gate, cold, not exercising, not preparing, just right out, not going to drink water, nothing, just going to go. No, no athlete, listen to me, does that and makes it at all. But when they, listen, have a consistency of building and being under pressure, working out, putting stress on your body and maintaining then at his lowest point during that marathon, he'll still make it. You know why? Because he's been consistently walking and doing what he needs to do. Listen to me, Christian. Your walk is everything in your Christian life. Well, you know, if pastor challenges us to read our Bible, then I guess I'll read the Bible because I kind of have to or I feel embarrassed. Is that why? So, so after this year, when you've read your Bible through, you're not going to read much? You're not to going to continue your walk. Number three, what does your walk with God mean? Walking is effort. <laughs> it's one of the most difficult things a child learns, and it calls for unceasing effort. It is not, listen to this, it is not a natural thing for a person to walk with God. After Adam sinned in the garden, he didn't want to walk with God. He was actually he was hiding. Now before that, they'd walked in the pool of the dead all the time. 
But as soon as there was sin, Adam was embarrassed. He hid himself. He was ashamed. It's not a natural thing for a person just to automatically want to walk with God. It takes effort. It takes work. Sit still. It takes work. It takes effort. No one wakes up at 5 o'clock in the morning and goes, All right, yeah, ready to read my Bible. Here, let's go. Wide awake. No. Raising up a zombie in the morning. All right, no, I got to read my Bible. Got to get up. Got to wake up. Got to stretch a little bit. Got to get over to that table. It takes effort. It takes effort. A Christian must walk with God on purpose. On purpose. Does not come automatic. By the way, especially in this busy day and age we live in, it, it, it has to be planned. It has to be on purpose to walk with God. Because it's so easy to get up and get so busy right out of the gate. And get halfway through the day or at the end of the day and go, I didn't read my Bible this morning. I didn't even ask God for help. I didn't pray this morning. I didn't walk with, I didn't spend time with, I didn't think about him. Number four, walking means you are going somewhere. It implies progress. Christian, your walk with God is everything. So are you walking after God or walking after this world? Do you have a walk with God or walk with this world? Walking means you are going somewhere. It implies progress. A believer should not remain stagnant. He should continually move forward spiritually. If he does not, listen to me, he will slip backwards. When you stop moving forward, guess what? You start dying. You stop moving forward, you start dying. It takes an everyday, consistent progress and walk. Walking implies a movement steadily towards a goal. A Christian that is on his way to heaven that's his goal. That's what he's headed towards as he walks for God. As he walks in the light. As he walks after the spirit. He has a goal in mind. I bet you I'm going to see my Savior. But down here, I, I want to walk as I'm going to see my... I want to do what I can for God. And we talked about oh, Thursday night, laying up treasures in heaven. That's part of your walk. That has to do with your walk, your everyday walk as you're laying up treasures in heaven towards the goal, towards the end of everything in your life. Towards the beginning of eternity with your Savior. We walk. Let's talk about this. What kind of walk should we, ought to, should we have? What kind of walk should we have as a Christian? Walking after God or walking after this world? Number one, we should not walk according to the course of this world. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number two. I'll return to a lot of scriptures right now. Ephesians chapter number two and verse number two. We should not walk according to the course of this world. According to the course of this world. Look at verse number two. The Bible says this. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Before you got saved, you walked according to this world. <laughs> Again, soul and body, that was it, nothing else. No spirit. Holy Ghost lived on the inside, you weren't saved. You're in bondage to sin. We see another portion of scripture here, we could read it, but Satan is your father at that point. You're your father, the devil. You're not a child of God at all. You walked according to the course of this world. Listen to me. And after the day you get saved, listen to me, you're not supposed to walk according to the course of this world anymore. We're not to be walking after the flesh or walking in darkness. We're supposed to walk in light and truth with God, who he is. But how we ought to walk, what kind of a walk we ought to have is not one that's not according to the course of this world, the things of this world. We should walk worthy of a Christian. Listen to this, worthy of a Christian. Worthy of a Christian. Well, I'm saved, so I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. You're not. In our entire Christian life, should be such a walk that we want to be worthy of a Christian. What a great name to be called a Christian, to be called Christ-like. I wonder what they thought in the book of Acts when they said, these guys must be Christians. I wonder if they took that as a badge of honor. Not in pride, but as a badge of honor of, of they called us Christ-like. <laughs> He's been gone for so long, and they called us Christians. They've never even met us. They never even met him, but they called us Christians, like that Christ they heard about. We should walk worthy, worthy of a Christian. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1, the Bible says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, uh, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Of the vocation wherewith you are called. If you're a saved child of God, listen to me. God has, you, you, you accepted Christ your Savior. You are now different. Amen. You're now different. You're not supposed to walk in darkness anymore. You're not supposed to walk after the flesh anymore. You're supposed to be a Christian. Listen to me. You're supposed to be a Christian. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. So, well, I'm not a preacher, so I just don't need to do the things that are right. Well, I'm not a missionary, so, you know, I don't need to follow everything in the Bible because I'm not a missionary. But you're a child of God. You're a Christian or supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to follow after the word of God. You're supposed to, you're supposed to want to obey the word of God. Number three, how we ought to walk. What type of walk should we have? Number one, according, one not according to the course of this world. We ought to walk uh, worthy of a Christian. Number three, our walk should be different than the walk of an unbeliever. Now I understand that. I understand that. Well, I'm a Christian. Okay, okay let's, let's, let's think about this new new age church. If I were to put a picture back here 
of a filthy concert, worldly concert. Alcohol, drugs, dancing, nakedness concert. I put up another picture of our new day and age churches music program. You would not even tell the difference. Now, how in the world do we call ourselves Christians and walk and look and act like an unbeliever that doesn't know Christ and that's on their way to a devil's hell? But we call ourselves Christians. I like how the Bible says they were called Christians first at Antioch. They didn't come out and say, hey, Everybody, we're Christians. Hey, everybody, we're Christ followers. They just did what's right, and the people said, those got to be Christians. They, were, they didn't call themselves. They were called. If someone saw you, the way you live, outside of church, the way you act, what you do, how you treat others, the things you're involved, the places you go, but they look at you without you saying a word and say, that's got to be a Christian. Because that's exactly what they did with them in the book of Acts. They called them Christians. They didn't wear a badge and walk around and say, hey, we're all Christians, just to let you know I'm a Christian, just to let you know I'm a Christian. No, by their walk and by their actions, the people said, Amen. wicked sinners said, that's got to be a Christian. Our walk ought to be different, Christian. There ought to be a, not, we ought not to resemble <laughs> the world. That would be a clear difference between a Christian and between things of people of this world. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 17, the Bible says this. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. We're not supposed to walk like the world. We're not supposed to act like the world. The house of God should not become just another building, another place. Amen. Just another group of people. By the way, young, young people, listen to me. That's what we tell you. You don't, run, you don't play in here. It's not a playhouse. It's not a jungle gym in here. This is the house of God. Amen. Listen to me. This is the house of God. Amen. Something special. It's set aside. Right. Same reasons that we tell people. When they come in, uh, especially on, on our buses, when they come in, we say, hey, when you come to church, it's not play day when you come to church. You need to wear your best when you come to church. Why? We're coming to the house of God. Right. Listen to me, we're coming to the house of God. Wear your best. Dress up a little bit. We're not going to the pool. We're not going on a hike somewhere. We're not, we're not going out on a jungle gym. We're coming to the house of God, and we ought to act and dress. That would be a complete difference. I don't understand why. We come to church like we go to a ball game. Right. Or we come to church like we go to a family reunion. 
Or we, listen, we'll dress up going to a funeral. We won't dress up coming to church. Hello. We'll dress up at a wedding, but we won't dress up coming to church. We'll dress up to go meet someone famous, but we'll dress up coming to church. Hey, you're coming for a, a holy savior. You're coming for the God of heaven, King of kings, and Lord of lords. There ought to be a, a difference between you and your walk than an unbeliever. A walk. A walk. Which one, Christian? Which one, saved person? Do you walk with God or walk with this world? So the question begs to ask this, how should we walk? Right? We know what a walk is. We know how a Christian, uh, how a Christian ought to walk, but how should we walk? How should we walk? Number one, number one, we should walk, listen to this, in purity as a child or children of light. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 8. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Listen to me. The day you got saved, that Holy Spirit saved you. Your spirit is made alive. The Holy Ghost, the Comforter lives on the inside now. He is there to help you walk as a child or a children of light. He is there to help strengthen you. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the most untapped, listen to me, one of the most untapped things in our life as a Christian is we get saved, but we don't. We forget that the Holy Spirit's there to help us. Amen. Hello? We try to live the Christian life on our own strength instead of the strength of God and the strength of the Holy Ghost on the inside that God has given us freely, a comforter. He said, here you go. Here's what you need. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you someone that's as strong as I am to help you in your everyday life. But we walk every day in our own strength yes, sir. and not in the strength of him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We walk every day in this life that we live, in this wicked world we live, trying to make it make it happen or, or trying to just make it in life and through life and, and, and try to do everything in our own strength when God says, I've given you the strength you need. We never tap into it. It's like rest, wrestling teams. They get in, they get to wrestling. About wore out. They tap in the next guy, and the next guy jumps in. It helps. He's got full strength. He's not wore down. He's ready to go. He's eager to go. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit's the same thing for you as a Christian. He's ready to jump in when you just ask him, when you just want him to help. He's ready to help you. He's there to help you. God's given us his word to use to give us strength. But we won't tap into it. Walk as children of light in purity. In purity. Purity. Cleanliness. Cleanliness clean of mind and heart, not filthy, filthied up by this world, purity, right, obeying God's word. How should we walk? We should walk in purity as children of light. Number two, we should walk in sincerity, honesty of mind. Sincerity, honesty of mind, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Verse number two, Second Corinthians chapter number four, and verse number two, the Bible says this, but have renounced the hidden things 
dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. We should walk in sincerity, honesty of mind. Sincerity, honesty of mind. There is so much pride in this world. The truth is, there's a lot of pride in Christians. We're never honest with ourselves. Knowledge puffed up. We know the Bible, so we got to be right with God, right? I know all the scriptures. I can quote a lot of scriptures. So that means I'm right with God. I don't need anything else. That means I can skip a couple days, right? Because I don't need it. You know, I, 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 read, I read 15 chapters yesterday. Why do I need to read today? Why do I need to walk today? You know, I've been doing really good over the last month, so why do I need to do good this month? You know, the last couple weeks, I, I, I did really good, and, you know, I kind of stayed away from those things. And, and so, you know, yeah, just one, just one. That's been pretty good the last couple of months. Just one. We need to be more honest with ourselves and where we are in our Christian life. Number three, we should walk in obedience. I gotta hurry. We should walk in obedience. We read the verse there earlier in in in, in Third John chapter. Uh, sorry, chapter. Third John 3 and verse number 4. For I rejoiced greatly uh, when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, uh, even as thou walkest in, uh, walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Obedience. How should we walk? How should we walk? In purity, sincerity, and in obedience. Christian, say person, maybe it's this morning, maybe it was last week, maybe it was the last time you were in church, listen to me, when's the last time, and you know it, the Holy Spirit of God convicted you, whether it was during the preaching, your own Bible reading time, or your own actions and a verse came to mind correcting you on what you did, when's the last time God spoke to you and you obeyed him? You obeyed him. I think sometimes week after week after week, we come and sit in church and hear the preaching of God and God convicts us come to church and hear the preaching of God and God convicts us. We come to church and hear the preaching and God convicts us. But we never make a decision to obey Him. We never make a decision to obey Him. I mean, plain as day, God's trying to get your attention, but we just don't obey Him. Nah, you know, I just don't need it. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. I can make it another week. Obedience. Obedience, 
Number five, how should we walk not only in purity, not only in sincerity and obedience, or sorry, number four, we are to walk in faith. Listen to me, Christian, we are to walk in faith. Now this one, this one's a tough one. We all know the verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 27. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's say that all together. Ready? For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say it one more time. Ready? For we walk by faith, not by sight. Do you live that? Down to the littlest thing, do you live that? Here's what we do. We, we tend to trust God with the spiritual decisions. But when it comes to our everyday life, we don't walk by faith. We've got to figure it out. We don't trust God to just take care of it. In everything, finances, something happens and we go, oh, we've got to start making decisions. We've we're, we're, we got to panic, panic, panic. Why? say, here's what we do. God, I, I don't know how. God, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, how you're going to provide, but I know I'm supposed to walk. I know I'm supposed to continue. I know I'm not supposed just to stop and give up here. Walking by faith. walk by faith and not by sight. I, I was talking with my uncle this last week and we were talking about missions. And this is, uh, this is God. He asked me, he said, you know, what are you going to do for this and this and this and this? And I told him, I said, uncle, I said, I don't understand it. I don't know why. And I hope I could always be this way and probably not, but I hope I could always be this way. But I said, in, in, in the total of 12 different mission trips I've been on, I've, I have not one time had to take money out of my own pocket to pay for that mission's trip. Twelve mission trips. Bill Petter, how do they get paid? I just said, God, if you want me to go, you need to let me go. God, you're going to have to take care of it. God, you know I can't do for you. God, you're going to have to take care of it. And God has always said no. Now, does that mean I just go sit in my closet and just don't say anything, do anything, nothing, and just say, God, I guess you're going to take care of it. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. No, I stay busy. I stay busy. I stay busy. But I expect that, God, if you want, to t- if you want me to do this, God, you're going to have to provide this because I can't provide this. I say, what do you do in the meantime? Just plan on it. <laughs> I don't understand, but I'm just going to plan on it. Said, do you have the money yet? Nope, just gonna plan on it. <laughs> I don't understand it, but I'm just, if that's what God wants, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And that was, listen to me, listen to me. That was taught to me at 14 years old when I went on my first mission trip. At 14 years old, I had to raise $1,500 to go to Haiti. At 14 years old. You know what my dad said to me? He said, if you wanna go to Haiti, you gotta raise the money. 
When I first thought $1,500, I thought to myself, ain't no way, I'm 14 years old. $1,500, bucks, i have not even seen that, let alone hold it. But I just one day at a time said, God, if you want me to go, you're going to have to provide for me. Whether it's work, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's someone get, donating, donation, whatever, support, whatever. God, you're just going to have to provide it. And from that day, that's been my, I've lived, something I've tried to do all of my life so far. I don't always walk by faith. But boy, do I want to walk by faith. The rejoicing is a whole lot sweeter. <laughs> when it's like, how did, how did this work? I don't know. <laughs> it just did. I don't understand how. But look what God did. <laughs> I don't even get it. I never even thought this would happen, but look what he did. The rejoicing is a whole lot sweeter. Almost like salvation. If I could see my way out of hell, not have to have faith, then what does the Bible say? For by grace are you saved through faith, and not yourselves, as gifts of God, not of man, works, lest any man should boast. When I walk by sight, I boast. You know why? I did it. I did it. I saw it, and I did it. I walk by sight. But when you walk by faith, you can get praise. So Christian, listen to me. In your walk, in your walk, walk in faith. The songwriter said this, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Each, every step I get is getting brighter. As the golden stairs I climb, every burden's getting lighter, every cloud a silver line. There the sun is always shining. There no tear will dim the eye. At the ending of the rainbow where the mountains touch the sky, I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. In the path that be my portion, maybe through the flame or flood, but his presence goes before me and I'm covered with his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know your walk, you walk by faith and not by sight. You walk by faith and not by sight. Walk in purity, walk in sincerity, walk in obedience, walk in faith. And number five, we are to walk honestly. We are to walk honestly. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 13. You don't need to turn there. We, we need to catch up with some time here. Romans chapter 13, verse number 13 says this, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We are to walk honestly. We are to walk in Christian integrity. That's missing in our society. Integrity. Integrity. We're to walk in Christian integrity. 
We are to be reliable and honest in all of our relationships and deliberations. We're to walk honestly. In our everyday walk, we are to walk honestly. It makes my skin crawl when I hear a Christian say, well, you know, I just, here's the biggest thing. You ready? Here's, here's what people do. This aggravates fire out of me. People order something from Amazon. You know what they do? Once they get the package, they tell Amazon they never received it. You know what Amazon does? Refunds them the money or gives them a new package. You lied. You just stole. You weren't honest. And it's the things like that that we go, but what does that have to do with the Christian life? You're not being honest. You're not walking honestly. You say, but Brother Paul, that's kind of a little thing. I mean, that's like an everyday thing. No, you're not being honest. walk honestly. Businessman, walk honestly. The hardest things, the hardest things to do is to say to, to a customer, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I messed up. What do you want me to do to fix it? How, how can I fix this? Here's what we do, cover it up. <laughs> just, just cover it up, no one will see it. That's not honest. That's not honest business. And as a Christian, we ought to walk honestly in everything. In everything. Not just in church. Well, in church, I'm honest. <laughs> really? In church, you're honest? But everywhere else, you're not. No, you ought to, you, listen, Christian, that's not a Sunday thing. That's an everyday thing. That's a life. Walk honestly. Number, number six, we are to walk circumspectly. Circumspectly. Don't turn there, but Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15 Bible says this. If I turn there, Bible says this. See then that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We're to walk circumspectly. This means that we are to watch our step consistently because others are watching our steps, circumspectly, always keeping an eye out, watching where we're going because others are watching, circumspectly, not walking circumspectly is me walking right off this platform not even knowing it's there, I'm not paying attention to anything, everybody sees what I'm doing, I want to walk circumspectly, I want, I want to know, I want people to see, the Bible says they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, hey to glorify your Father which is in heaven by seeing good works you got to be doing good works. walk circumspectly. We are to realize that we have an influence and how we walk determines how others will walk. So walk circumspectly. Number seven, we are to walk wisely. We are to walk wisely. Colossians chapter chapter four and verse number five, verse number six, Bible says this, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always uh, with grace seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. We are to walk wisely. I was talking to the young people this morning and talking about in Proverbs where the Bible says that uh, he that hath knowledge, uh, 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 spareth his words. Yeah, that's the word I'm going for, spareth. He that hath knowledge spareth his words. 
People that know nothing talk a lot. Have you noticed that? People that know nothing talk a lot. Just ba 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 about everything. Anything you say, they just ba 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 ba. Paul says he that he that has knowledge, spiritual knowledge, he doesn't have to answer every time. He doesn't answer quickly. He thinks about it first. Right? He thinks about it first. We are to walk wisely in everything that we do. We are to walk wisely. Number eight, we are to walk lovely. Oh, this is a hard one for Christians. We are to walk lovely. Ephesians chapter five, verse number two, the very first part of verse number two, the Bible says this. It says, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. One of the worst things to see out of a Christian is hatred. Hatred towards other people for no reason. Just bitter, bitter Christians. Paul says, we're supposed to love as he loved us. We're supposed to care. Care for us. And the last thing here, I'm going to give you two secrets to the Christian walk, and I'm done. I've got to finish. Two secrets to the Christian walk. Number one, Walking with God pleases God. Walking with God pleases God. In Genesis chapter 5 and verse number 22, first part of that says this, and Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. He had walked with God for 300 years. It is said uh, that he walked with God after Methuselah was born. No doubt the birth of Methuselah made him realize, and listen to this, his need to walk with the fact that we are parents, we should listen. Amen. Make it should make us walk with God more. It, it always has amazed me, Pastor, to a young person, let's say a teenager, graduates and just goes wild, just leave church. They're gone. Then they come back, and you can tell there's a difference. One, they have a wrecked life of baggage they bring back with them. Two. They've learned some things. <laughs> and a lot of times it's a, it's a little bit of a maturity because they made the mistakes and they realized they were right. They were right. We've had young, young, young ladies come back in here and made their mistakes, made their mistakes. Come back in with a young child and all of a sudden they want to go to church. You know why? They realize I did wrong. I have a child now. I know what's right. I was taught what was right. Now I better get my life right for their sake. For their sake. We all have, we all know people that once they, once they had their child, they matured a little bit. It matured them a little bit. It shouldn't had to, but it did. What is the cause for you walking with God? Walking with God pleases Him. It pleases Him. It always pleases God. Understand this, your Heavenly Father wants to spend time with you as a father wants to spend time with his child. And it pleases a father to have a child want to be with him. Now sometimes it's aggravating. 
But other times, them being, wanting to be with you is fun. It's enjoyable. It, it, it is something that you desire. Uh, you come home, and all the kids, daddy, 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 as you walk in the door. You enjoy that. It makes your day. Unless you're really tired, then it doesn't make your day. But it makes your day. And, and, and you know how you know is when you walk in and no one says anything. And you go, yeah, I don't mind it. Jimmy looks over. Because sometimes I say, like, hey, hey, you want to say hi? Why? I desire that. As a father, I go, listen, your heavenly father desires that. Oh, it pleases him when you walk with him, when you walk in the light. Number two, the secret, the secret of all, the secret of all the walk with God is to walk in the spirit. We talked about that in Galatians. Yield to the spirit. Yield to the spirit. You can't walk with God on your own. You need the spirit. There's not a new way. Listen to me. There's not a new way. This is the way right here. No other way. So I'll find my own way to walk with God. I just do it at my own at my house. I just walk with God at my house, and I go to church in my house, and I and I do all this stuff in my house. That's not God's way. Amen. Hello, that's not God's way. That might be man's way. That's not God's way. The only way, the secret to having a walk with God, is to walk in the Spirit. To the thing that's close to God. It's a part of God. It is God. You walk in the Spirit walk in truth that pleases him many people try to do what's right and not follow God's word guess what Amen. never works Amen. never works so Christian saved person how is your walk listen to me how's your walk getting saved if you're, if you're, if you're saved getting saved is, the only, is only the start coming to church is only the start it's deeper than that. It's more than that. How's your walk? Your relationships. Relationships take work. They take effort. And your walk with God takes work and takes effort. We want an easy pass, but it takes work. We want everything just kind of, well, I'm safe, so everything's fixed, right? You're not going to hell. But life is still here. There's still a life to live. Are you saved? Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? That's the start. That's the new birth that starts the walk. And then you got to walk. You got to take that next step. And you got to continue, listen to me, and walk with God. It's not just Bible reading, it's your everyday life. It's how you conduct yourself, how you treat others. What you do outside of church, what you do inside of church. Everything is your walk. It's the Christian life. Not day, not hour, Christian life. Christian, how's your walk? Do you walk with God or do you walk in this world? Head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around.